Garoppolo getting his first action here in the entertainment capital of the world. The world. Touchdown, Las Vegas. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Airs it out down the middle for Adams. Got it. Inside the 10. Devontae. Touchdown. What a play on fourth down. It's time to get your daily prescription. Prescription. From the doctor. calendar has flipped that's right it's the new year week number one of the nfl starts this week college football officially underway and yes we are in september we know what that means it's just kind of like refreshed re-energized ready to roll and plenty of nfl football to talk about our crew is back ready to go ready to give you analysis previews best bets we are back in this football season, and uh, boy, does it feel good. Plus, it's Terrible Tuesday. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. So the USA is in the World Basketball Championships right now, right? The FIBA World Cup is taking place. And USA lost on Sunday to Lithuania, 110 to 104. Now, we've been through this before where we don't have the best American team represented here. But it's still Team USA, right? It's still Team USA and you expect to win. You expect to have a great showing by your team. And you lose to Lithuania. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, what is the big deal with that? Not that big a deal because, you know, other countries are catching up with USA basketball. We've seen Croatia. We've seen Serbia. We've seen Lithuania beat the United States before, right? Well, it is still rather alarming on the world stage when you have the best team in all of basketball with the best players. But when you know deep down that you do not have the best team assembled and that is what's taking place again. So is it really a shock anymore that the United States loses in international basketball? No, this is not the Olympics, but it's a world championship. And for these countries that are participating right now, This is their Super Bowl. This is their world championship. Maybe even as much so as the Olympic Games. Because this is, this is what they live for. And Lithuania defeats the United States on Sunday, 110 to 104. Now, the Americans, do they care? Uh, I'm not sure. Because it didn't cost the Americans a medal because it was a last game, a pool play. So very similar to the way the World Cup works and international soccer, international basketball. You have pool play, and then the top two teams from each pool advance on to 
the uh, medal round. So USA loses to Lithuania, but they still advance to the medal round, which took us to where we are today. The United States played again today in the medal round, and they defeated Italy 100 to 63. 100 to 63. So a little bit better performance by the Americans today. They raced out to a 10-point lead, and they cruise to victory. But let's go back to that loss against Lithuania. All right? So you don't have your NBA superstars playing in this. I mean, if you really look at this team, it's a handful of all-stars and a bunch of role players Steve Kerr is coaching this team, and you wonder, okay, why? Well, it's the same scenario. Your superstar NBA players, as much as they say they love their country, and more will play in the Olympic Games than they do in the World Basketball Championships, they're tired. And they just figure, eh, they want to play. They'd rather be vacationing. But what this does, it puts USA Basketball in this light of that they're vulnerable. And the other countries know that the United States is not sending their best team here. So for me, yeah, it's a problem. When you don't have your best guys on the team and you're not fielding your best team, that you know that you have players that are disinterested, that's a problem. This team has fallen behind in three of the first five games by double digits in the first half. So that either tells you, A, they're not taking it seriously, or they feel they can just flip the switch at any time and and come back, or the rest of the world is catching up, which we understand. I mean, heck, we're having MVPs in the National Basketball Association right now that are not from this country, which is great, which is fine. And it really makes the NBA better with all the international superstars that are there. But still, when it comes to representing your country, you do want to put out your best players, and you want to win. Now, no alarm is set off. Not a whole bunch of people were complaining. Probably a lot of people weren't even watching this World Basketball Championships and realized the United States won. It was kind of went under the radar a little bit. Of course, until they lose. So now people are saying, okay, here we go again. And when you have a guy like Jerry Colangelo, who's in charge of USA Basketball, who takes this very, very seriously, he doesn't like to lose. And the executive committee don't like to lose. But they did lose to Lithuania, but it didn't hurt them. So let's see what happens as the Americans will now go to the semifinals where they will take on the winner of uh, the uh, Serbia game coming up here uh, tomorrow. But let's get back to Lithuania, like I said. They went to onto the medal round and they lose today in the quarterfinals to Serbia in blowout fashion. If you go back, look at this pattern. Lithuania, Lithuania, okay, I'm it. Lithuania beat the United States at the 1998 World Championships, and they lost the next game. Then they beat the U.S. team in the 2004 Olympics, which was a huge shocker at the time. And then what happened? They lost the next match. They failed to medal again. So then today... They're feeling pretty good of themselves. And what happens? They get blown out by Serbia today. So probably not going to help, uh, you know, hurt Team USA. 
as they're going to continue to roll. But will they lose in this tournament? Will they lose to Serbia? Possibly. Here's another interesting note that took place in this game today with uh, Serbia in Lithuania. Serbia played with forward Borisnia Siminiak's jersey draped over a chair on its bench because Siminiak lost a kidney in the last game. Lost a kidney. How do you lose a kidney? Yeah, he was elbowed in the game against South Sudan last week. He needed surgery, emergency surgery after the game. Complications prompted doctors to operate again on Sunday and remove a good portion of his kidney and and the damaged part of his kidney. We've seen some injuries in, in basketball, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like this for a elbow to the kidney where a player lost a kidney. I mean, that's sad. That's sad. Talk about rough and tumble play there. But uh, I did not see how this happened. But hearing about the story and reading the story, I mean, that's terrible. And you have to feel just sad and bad for the Serbian player, Borisia Simeonak, and uh, for losing a kidney in that game. So, yes, continue to watch the World Basketball Championships as we get to the semifinals, as we get to the finals. How much of a story will this be if Team USA does not win the gold medal? All right. What is happening in college sports? And we've talked a lot about this over the last couple of weeks about what is happening with the um, the college conferences disintegrating in front of our eyes, especially in the Pac-12. And we'll get to that in a minute. But the college football news of last week is really a stinger. Now the college football has started this season. We're really going to start to take note of this. The ACC adds Stanford and Cal from the Pac-12. They also add SMU. Now this will start in the 2024-2025 school season, school year, which will be next year, right? But Stanford, Cal, and SMU going to the ACC. The ACC now has 18 schools. 17 of these schools will play full-time in football. Now, of course, you got the Notre Dame situation where Notre Dame is playing as an independent, but they kind of play half of a ACC schedule in football. But Notre Dame is a full-time ACC member in every other sport, which is kind of goofy. But just goes to the point where this is getting more crazier as the years go on here. 18 schools in the ACC where proximity, like a lot of these college conferences now, is just right out the window. Cal and Stanford in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Pacific 12 teams, Pacific, now playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference. You cannot get a further road trip than Berkeley or Palo Alto to Tallahassee, Florida, or Miami, Florida. How insane is that? Or to go to Boston, Massachusetts to take on Boston College. Crazy. The ACC now joins the ranks of the rapidly changing collegiate landscape. Starting next year, the Big Ten 
will have 18 teams. And the Big 12 and the SEC have 16 teams. That leaves the Pac-12 with two programs. That's it. Washington State and Oregon State. That's all you have. As they continue to just disintegrate in front of our eyes here. The Pac-12 has lost eight teams in the last 45 days. Think about that. How do you lose eight teams since the last week of July? It seems unheard of, doesn't it? It really does. So now the Pac-12, as we once knew it, going back to the Pac-10, to the Pac-8 before that, you have two teams. Cal, Stanford, and SMU are going to go to the ACC, and that is going to create a revenue pool that is really going to help the ACC, but how much is it going to help Cal, Stanford, and SMU? Well, check this out. They are not going to get any media revenue for at least the first seven years, and SMU is expected to not get anything for nine years when we're talking about no broadcast media revenue. So once they establish themselves in this conference, then they will start to get percentages. So Cal and Stanford is going to start out receiving just 30% of the share of the ACC payouts. That's it. So who is this good for anyway, by the way? And remember, when they went to vote for this last week, the ACC presidents were split like, well, what does Cal and Stanford really do for us? What do they do? Well, the two fine schools, that's great. But in the grand scheme of things, how is that going to improve our football programs or our basketball programs? Because right now, in both football and basketball, Cal and Stanford has been awful. They've been downright terrible. So I don't know how that's going to benefit the ACC. But Cal and Stanford, instead of just wailing away like Oregon State and Washington State are doing right now, they had to make a move, I guess, sooner than later. So who knows what's going to become of Washington State and Oregon State at this point in time? Now, obviously, conventional wisdom says, well, let's see, what's the close, closest conference in proximity? I'd be the Mountain West Conference. Are you telling me that the Mountain West Conference is going to outlast the Pac-12? That looks to be the case, right? Oregon State, Washington State potentially coming to the Mountain West. And our other team's going to bolt the Mountain West, like Boise State and San Diego State, to go to the Big 12 or other conferences. They've already lost BYU in years past because they wanted to become an independent. So when you think of the college landscape right now on the West Coast, it is a downright mess. What is your premier conference that you have right now on the West Coast? It's the Mountain West? In basketball, it's the WCC. That's mainly because of Gonzaga, right? But think about that. The Pac-12 is no more, and I can't see it being resonated unless you are going to take basically the Mountain West Conference and merge it with the Pac-12. It's crazy to think about what we're seeing here. And again, if you've you know watched college sports for a majority of your life and you see what's happening now, you're just banging your head against the wall and say. What is this? It is for the almighty dollar, but I'm not sure that these new schools that are joining these conferences are seeing 
rewards immediately, especially with this situation with Cal and Stanford and SMU. Totally crazy, totally insane what we're seeing here in college sports right now. To be determined on what happens with the Pac-12 and the Mountain West Conference. All right, you know what I wanted to do today? I wanted to call YouTube today. Can we call YouTube? Why are we calling YouTube? Well, you know the big controversy with YouTube right now. Is it because of the NFL? The NFL Sunday ticket, right? Okay. okay. So we've talked a lot about this. We've had people ask and say, hey, what's what's going to happen with this? So if you had DirecTV for 20-some-odd years like I have and like uh, a lot of football fans have, you're not going to be able to watch the NFL Sunday ticket on DirecTV. It is gone, all right? You're relegated to the red zone. They're still going to have like red zone and highlights, and they're now trying to get people to to hang on to direct TV. And I'm one of those. I'm in a quandary. I don't know what to do. So if you want to watch the NFL Sunday ticket, you are going to have to either subscribe to YouTube or you can get the Sunday ticket on a standalone package. And that is going to be for $399. Now, what are they doing for those longtime direct TV subscribers who subscribe specifically for the NFL Sunday ticket? Like yours truly. Oh, like Scott Spritzer. Like Marco D'Angelo, because we've talked about this on the show. And other people. Those are just guys I know at the top of our head. What, what are they going to do? They're going to offer us 20%? $50 off. $50 off. Really? That's the best they're going to do. I'm really tempted. We can't call him. I'm, I, I just looked it up. There's no There's no number. All, oh, all we can do is chat with him. I have a phone number, my friend. I have a phone number right there. I have a phone number right there. Now, I don't know if we have enough time because I usually have to bracket about an hour of my time when I say, okay, I'm going to argue with DirecTV or AT&T or something of that nature. But I'd really like to know, what is YouTube going to do for those longtime subscribers? Now, granted, I understand there is no affiliation between DirecTV and YouTube. I totally understand that. The number you have dialed is not in service. (laughs) Please check the number and try your call again. Thank you. I know that that number is correct because I dialed that number earlier. What's YouTube got to say? The number you have dialed is not in service. (laughs) This is what they're doing to us. This is what they're doing to us. They're making us crazy and not be able to talk to a human being. I tried this yesterday and finally got somebody. And you know what they told me? Said, sir, we can't get a supervisor right now because they're a little tied up. But we're going to send you an email. We're going to send you an email and... Then they'll set up a time to talk to you. I go, do you realize that the season starts on Thursday and the games start on Sunday? So I definitely would like to talk to somebody. Didn't didn't the old package have the preseason too? So you're already into it? No, preseason is all done locally. So yeah. But so what happens? Did I get an email? No. I got no email. Went over the email address three times with the person yesterday. I got nothing. Here's what I want to know. How is this going to look 
on YouTube. Are you going to be able to get the local games? Oh, by the way, CBS still Channel 8 is not on DirecTV, but they're telling us the negotiations will be done before Sunday. Yeah, I'll believe that when I say it. How is this going to work? Everyone's asking me the questions, and, and so I just want to talk to somebody from YouTube and ask them the question here. Now, sure, if you go online, you Google, and you say, you know, YouTube's NFL Sunday ticket, they give you the phone number, you know. But I want to know, how is this going to play out? Can I switch back and forth to my local TV to this game, you know, to, to, to the other games? That's what I want to know. So I'm going to have to continue to, to investigate this. But it's right around the corner. It's Sunday. And this would be the first time I would not have my direct TV, my Sunday ticket package. And they want to rob you for $400. And you know it's going to be an experiment because they've never had anything like this before. How's this going to come? Out? And what's going to happen to the sports books? What's going to happen with the sports books? Because remember, we talked to Jay Cornegay about this a couple weeks ago. They said, yeah, there's going to be a delay factor. What's that going to do for live betting? I mean, that could be dangerous for the books. I mean, there is so much unchartered territory here that you don't know how this thing is going to play out. And I'm not anticipating. And it may work out great. Maybe they have the technology. you know. But when I hear YouTube TV, I'm not thinking... It's that smooth and that technology. Anytime you're dealing with streaming, there's a lot of room for error. Isn't there a delay even on the satellite? Very little. Very little. Is it? They say like seven seven to eight seconds Okay, on something like that. But they say with streaming, it's... I know it's it, like 30. It's even bigger, yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing in-game wagering, that could be a little dangerous. But I just want to know how it's going to look, man. How's it going to look? How's this going to work? Because at least if you had DirecTV and you had the Sunday ticket, all right, your, your local channels are on DirecTV. So you could program in Channel 5, Channel 8, whatever your local stations are, depending on your city. And then you had the 700, so you could have all these games. But as you know, when you're on YouTube, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't know, are your local channels on the YouTube where you don't yes. have to stream off and stream on? Yes. They are. Everything is on. If you subscribe to YouTube. If you have the YouTube TV, which you need to have for that Sunday package. Well, it could be a standalone, too, where you don't have the whole package. But then you'll have all your games. I I think. You have the games. but I think if you do that, you don't get blacked out. That's that's, what I want to know. Are you going to get blacked out? Because the local game is always blacked out on the package, but then you have to go find that on the local channel. But so, like. If you have it and you have like the YouTube TV and you have the the package, you can go from the game to TV instantly. You know this for a fact. Well, no one knows it for a fact because we haven't been through it yet. No, but I've I had YouTube TV for a little bit. Okay. So, in other words, you can watch Channel Five on YouTube TV. Yep. You can. So yes. your local channels are there. Yes. Okay. Then that would. Make for, and you would think that they would have all this thing, you know, figured out before. But as we've seen in the past with new streaming services, they don't always work that cleanly. And especially for something as popular as the NFL Sunday ticket, people are going to lose their mind 
if it's not right. All right. Terrible Tuesday takes. You got some. Hit us. Hit me with, on Twitter at TCMartin21 with that. Today on the show, Steve Berline is going to join us. Our quarterback, he is back with us. We are going to preview Raiders, Broncos, week one in the NFL. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will join us a little bit later on, talk a little bit more about this uh, Team USA situation, losing but still alive in the middle round. Okay, how important is that? We'll get all into that today. And our Songfest show, which took place on Thursday, and we replayed it yesterday on the Labor Day holiday. Uh, Appreciate everyone for joining us for that. The question is, who was the MVP of our song fest. All right. Got some thoughts on that. If you listen to the show either on Thursday or yesterday and you got some thoughts, who had the best DJ segment? Who had picked out the best song? Uh, who had the best flow? Curious. What do you think on that? All right. You can hit us uh, on the phones, 702 221 7283, or hit us on Twitter there as well at TC Martin 21, and we'll find out who was the MVP of this year's Songfest. All right, that and a whole lot more. Like we said, the football calendar has changed, it has turned, and we've got plenty of NFL week one to talk about coming up next with the quarterback. TC Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, in, in. The NFL season is officially here, and we get underway Thursday night. The Kansas City Chiefs champs hosting the Detroit Lions. I love it. The calendar is flipped, and it is now football season. You know what that means? We get to tap in to our steam crew, and no one better than the quarterback himself, rearing back. I mean, he's been iced up. No excuses. Had off-season surgery. Uh, had a minimal training camp, but he doesn't need much training camp because he's ready to go. Regular season, day one. The Super Bowl champ, the quarterback, Steve Burline. What's going on, brother? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, baby? Hey, Here man. we go. You, are you ready? Do you just it's get fired time. up? Do you get revved up, fired up, ready to roll when that when that September 1st, like that calendar uh, flips and you get into Labor Day and you're enjoying your barbecue and you're saying, okay, baby, th- uh, this is it now. Do you get, you get amped up a little bit? Yeah, you can't help it, man. I mean, it, it's one of those things that it just, I, for my whole adult life, uh, you know, from middle of July through January, uh, whether it's in college or, or in the NFL, I mean, the, the whole fall is spoken for and into the, into the, you know, end of the year. And it's just all about football. I mean, it's not, there's nothing else that really, uh, comes into play. Obviously, I've got some familial responsibilities that I have to deal with once in a while, but, uh, you know, it's really all about football, uh, when you start talking about this kind of, this time of year. So yeah, I love it. It's fantastic. All right. Let's talk a little bit about your Irish, man, because they got two games under the belt. They, they went to, to Ireland. Now, I don't know. You were talking about maybe going, uh, did, did you make the trip? Let, let's, let's hear the story here, man. No, it didn't work out. It just, uh, a few too many variables came into play and I didn't really, uh, there was a group that I was supposed to be going over with potentially, 
I just didn't feel really good about how how it was being organized. I wasn't sure it was going to be all it was cracked up to be. So I made a, a business decision to kind of just be cautious and conservative and and not risk it. Um, but uh, from all uh, all reports that I got, it was an absolutely spectacular uh, time over there. Um, you know, there were so many Notre Dame and, and Navy people over there, and that relationship is such a respectful one. You know, there's so much uh, respect between the two institutions, and, um, you know, it's always just a really great environment no matter where that game is. But to, to put it in Dublin, I heard it was just spectacular, off the charts in every way. So uh, I'm kind of kicking myself for not finding a way to get over there. Uh, that's okay, man. Now, I, I know you'll find a way to – to get to South Bend, I mean, maybe for even a, a more meaningful game. But I know you had golf in your mind. You had all that kind of stuff. I, I get that. But let's, <laughs> Well, I will be there. I will be there uh, uh, for the Ohio State game in a couple weeks. Ooh, um, so man. I'm going to be in South Bend for uh, when the Buckeyes come to town. And I, I really, truly believe, and this is, you know, we all know how important the quarterback position is. And not just because I played it, but. Uh, the, the bottom line is when you have a real quarterback, you have a chance. And if, if you have, if you have the other pieces on your team kind of in place, you know, and I think what Sam Hartman, the sixth year quarterback for Notre Dame, I just sound so funky when you say a sixth year quarterback. <laughs> yeah, no, but, that's the thing. He, you people probably think like, okay, yeah, you're joking. You're making a joke about that, but that's legit. A six year quarterback, right? I, I met I met him a few months ago. I went back to Notre Dame for a charity event, and I went up to him, and I we I, it was the first time I had a chance to talk to him, and I said, so I said, so how how old are you anyway? And he goes, I'll be thirty next month. And I looked, I looked at him and I was like, wait, wait. And I realized, I realized after he looked at me with a straight face for about five seconds that he was totally pulling my crank <laughs> and he was just, just, just messing with me. And he started busting out laughing. He said, actually, I'll be 25 this year. So, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he got the, the, the red shirt year in the COVID year. And, you know, you're talking about a guy that's, that holds all the, uh, ACC passing records, and you know, obviously it's because he played more games. But you talk about experience, and just when you look at the film, uh, even though it was kind of a funky offense they ran at Wake Forest, um, he, he's a gamer. He's a baller. He knows how to step up and get it done when it needs to be done. He's not afraid of the big moments, and uh, I think he's so excited to to have the opportunity to play in in the national spotlight and to wear that moniker of a Notre Dame quarterback and to prove that he can play in a conventional type of an offense and, and hopefully show that he can play at the next level. So I'm excited. I think Notre Dame with him uh, in, in uh, the QB position, they've got enough talent to match up, I think, uh, you know, physically across the board with Ohio State. Uh, and we've got the edge of quarterback uh, over what Ohio State has right now. So I feel pretty good about it. We'll see what happens. And uh, we know that Ohio State struggled against um, Indiana, you know, over yes, the course over the yes, course of the did. weekend. Now, back to Hartman. Did this is this going to help him? You think for his NFL career, or where would he have been drafted if he would have came out, you know, last year? Well, there's no doubt this will help him. Um, you know, and that's assuming that he plays well. Yeah. Um, but the way that he's, you know, how comfortable he's looked out there in these first two games. And, you know, obviously you talk about Navy and Tennessee state, that's, that's not, uh, the, the biggest, toughest juggernaut to start your NFL career. 
or your uh, Notre Dame career, excuse me. But um, you know, there, there'll be plenty of opportunities with uh, you know with uh, Ohio State, USC, and Clemson coming, along with some other teams that will probably surprise as the season goes along. Maybe a NC State. We saw what Duke did uh, to to Clemson this past week. Uh, those are all games on the on the Notre Dame schedule. Pitt is another one that could be a a little bit of a trap game. So um, he'll have plenty of opportunities to show up and and, and make plays, um, you know, in big games to to show he can do it. And I think it'll really give him an opportunity to show that he can stand in the pocket in a conventional offense uh, and and either do it and get it done at, the, at a very high level or or maybe confirm any any suspicions that are out there about him, but. I do believe he's going to be an outstanding college quarterback this year, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll propel him into another opportunity at the next level. You know, before we go over to the NFL, Steve, let's talk a little bit about what what's happening here with the college landscape right now. I mean, the you're in Pac-12 uh, territory. And you're all by yourself over there. I mean, everyone's left you. I mean, you got Oregon State and Washington State, you know, up there in the Pacific Northwest, and, and that's about it. I mean, now we, you know, the news last week, speaking of the ACC, that Cal and Stanford join the ACC. They have 18 teams now. Uh, proximity and rivalries obviously out the window. Uh, this is crazy. I mean, could you ever imagine that you would see the Pac-12 disintegrate right in front of our very own eyes here? And then with the other crazy stuff that has happened, you know, again, with Oklahoma, Texas going to the uh, SEC. I mean, real quick take, uh, as you have seen this unfold over the last few years of the college landscape. Well, it's, it's Pandora's box has been open in so many different ways, and, and I think it's horrible. For college football, I really do. I'm, I'm, uh, so, uh, you know, so jaded on the whole thing now that, um, what it's become with the NIL stuff and with the breakdown of all the conferences and, um, you know, absolutely no regulation of anything at this point. Um, you know, the only encouraging thing to me is that I, I've talked to a few people, including Marcus Freeman, the Notre Dame head coach. And I saw a statement from Jack Swarbrick, the uh, athletic director at Notre Dame, the outgoing athletic director, um, who has a big voice in the NCAA. And, and they, they, along with many others, are saying that big time change is coming. That this, that they realize that they've totally screwed this up. Uh, that the NCAA has got to step back in somehow and get control of this situation. And what that means, I don't know, but it probably means some sort of equitable pay, wage scale that, that all the D1 teams can compete uh, from the same type of a, a wage scale to be distributed among their, their scholarship players. And it also means kind of controlling uh, what, the, what has happened with these conferences and, and how it's just collapsed uh, in so many different ways. And, and the pressure that it's going to put on these, these college athletes and all the different sports with the travel and the, the commitments they're going to have to make being on the road and, and combined with trying to keep up with their studies, uh, it's going to be a really, really difficult situation. I think there's going to be a lot of bad stories out there because I of it. So, yeah, go ahead. No, no go ahead. No, sorry, man. I, I, no, I'm done. I, I, that was my take. It was a little yeah. longer than you wanted, I'm sure, but uh, I, I'm just really yeah. concerned about the state of college football. I think there's going to be some really, really bad stories out there as a result of the money 
and as a result of just uh, complete deterioration of the NCAA. Mm. Just sad is what it is, uh, for, whether you're a traditionalist or, or not. I mean, it just I, I just don't see how this is good for the game, for the sport. No. I don't, don't see it, you know. Still fun to watch. I mean, there are a lot of great. Guys. I love seeing Brian Kelly get his fanny kick. Yeah, past week by <laughs> by Florida State. I mean, all Notre Dame people were celebrating the crap out of that one. And uh, you know, fun to watch. A lot of great football games, but uh, it's just the state of affairs is so concerning that uh, you know it's just about to implode in so many ways. Steve Berline joins us talking a little college football. Of course, uh, Steve's uh, broadcasted a lot of college uh, football, especially uh, you know on the radio side. Uh, we talk a little NFL though. Let's get back to this uh, week one. I want to know as we get ready to kick this thing off starting Thursday night and then this weekend, uh, what is intriguing you the most? Whether it's a specific matchup or a team to look forward to this year, what's piquing your interest? Man, there, there's a there's a bunch of really cool Week One games that uh, I think more more meaningful games than than I remember being in Week One in the past. Obviously, every game is meaningful, but you know just just, just games between teams that uh, really can set the trajectory for the season either way. Um, and I'll just give you a couple of examples. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about the Raiders briefly, just saying that that, that game at Denver, uh, you got a Denver team that is, that has got so, so much pressure on them and especially the quarterback. Um, you know, if he can get it off to a good start and, and start changing the narrative under Sean Payton, it's huge for the Broncos, but, what a great start to the season for the Raiders if they can go into Denver and beat a team uh, in Denver that's got high expectations if they can get decent play out of their quarterback. And, you know, Jimmy G's got a lot to prove, too, and so does the rest of this Raiders team. So that could be a huge starting game for both sides on that one. And then a couple of other teams I won't get into as much, but the game, the first game of the season, you know, Thursday night, Detroit and Kansas City. Are you kidding me? That that is a huge football game uh, for the Detroit Lions to make a an, a, a, a statement as to what their expectations are this year to go into Kansas City and come out with a win and, and against a Chiefs team that's going to be missing Chris Jones, the best arguably with the best interior defensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, that's going to be a great game, fun game to watch. And I'm doing uh, actually a, a game here in L.A. Miami Dolphins at the L.A. Chargers, which those are two teams with very, very high expectations with QBs on both sides that, that have, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, pressure on them from the expectation perspective that they need to start really validating themselves as that franchise quarterback. But, but both quarterbacks have a lot of weapons around them and, and both, both of them have very good solid defenses too. I think it's going to be a really fun game to call on Sunday and then, just, just to mention two other things, Dallas at the New York Giants in the NFC is a huge game for both teams. And then the Monday night game, Buffalo at the New York Jets. I mean, <laughs> to, to start the season off with Josh Allen against Aaron Rodgers with all the expectations both of those teams have this year, uh, I mean, it's going to be an incredible environment. And those are the five games that, that really jump out at me, and I'm going to watch them all very closely. You got it. Uh, okay, how are you going to be watching it? I mean, you know, the direct TV thing is gone now. With the NFL Sunday tickets moving to YouTube, have you subscribed yet? Uh, help me out here because I'm 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 25 plus years, Steve, with direct TV and this NFL Sunday ticket. I'm not happy about what's happening with YouTube here. You know, one of the things that I will admit is a weakness of mine is 
time management in general. <laughs> and, and and planning ahead. This is, so I've known I that about even, you. I didn't want to say anything, I, but you know, I I got to concur with you about that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just you just opened my eyes to an issue that I have to figure out. See, I haven't even thought about it. I have not even thought about it yet. I'm just assuming I can sit down and watch everything like I always have. Yeah, but uh, I've, I've got to now go out and address that issue and and put a plan together because I don't want to be scrambling around this weekend trying to figure it all out. Yeah. I mean that, that's that. I mean, you would think a quarterback would have a plan put together for something like this, but uh, that that is obviously not the case with myself here. So the thing is, as you know, every quarterback needs a good coach or a good OC. Uh, I think Esther's a good OC. I mean, you better put it in her hands, okay? That's what you got to do, my friend. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this is this is a girl, my girlfriend Esther, who grew up in Detroit. And uh, spent her, her whole high school years there and everything. And when I met her after, she, you know, this was about five years ago, I said, you've heard of Notre Dame, right? And she goes, oh, I've heard of it. Where is it? And I said, <laughs> well, you grew up in Detroit. Oh, no. And it's like two and two hours from Notre Dame. You don't even know where Notre Dame is? I mean, it's not like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a school that, you know, most people haven't heard of. Uh, but, but so... My point, I guess, in telling you that is that football is becoming more important to her. But, you know, she's not going to have any idea on that either. So <laughs> I've got my work cut out for me, man. There it is. I don't know. Now, now if, uh, if Tito's was a, you know, was a thing, I, I think you, you know, both would succeed in that. That'd be fantastic, you know? Yeah, we're, we're both very large shareholders in, uh, in Tito's, <laughs> or at least we should be. We should no be. Doubt about exactly. that. Yeah, we should be. All right, man. Raiders and the Broncos this week. Raiders going to not be at Allegiant Stadium until week number three, and they've got they've handled the Broncos. They have swept them what the last two seasons. But as we know, this is a different you know Broncos team now. For a guy that to put on the uniforms of both of those teams here, my friend, I want to know you know where your heart is with this situation, and let's break down this game because there's still a lot of unknown commodities with. You know, Josh McDaniels hitting into year two. And then we know what Sean Payton is trying to do there with Russell Wilson and Denver. So for me, not just because, you know, I cover the Raiders and, and we're here in Vegas, but, you know, it may not be a marquee game, but to me, there's a lot of interest here to see what happens with the Raiders in year two with McDaniels and Ziegler. And then what's going to happen here with Sean Payton in, in, the, in trying to resurrect this Broncos team that was just a mess last year? Well, uh, there's a lot of pressure on both of these organizations. You know, uh, you know, not as much in year one on Sean Payton as there is on Josh McDaniel in year two with the Raiders. But, but I mean, both of these organizations um, feel like they've spent the money and they've they've got they should have the players on the field that can compete with anybody, and uh, they they have incredibly high expectations and i think you know rightfully so um we know how it works if a team gets off to a good start and they get that confidence level going high and they've got a a quarterback that can stay healthy and play consistently um they can they can make a run and and, and go deep and i think both teams look at themselves and feel that way um you know russell wilson coming off the season that he had last year has got so much pressure on him i i really look at him as a guy that almost is trying to convince himself every time he gets in front of the camera 
that he's still the guy. And I, I don't believe that he truly believes it inside. And I don't know if his teammates believe it, uh, based on what happened last year. So it's going to be, uh, uh, very interesting to see how he, um, responds this year with all the pressure that's on him. And as I mentioned, Jimmy G's got a chance to reprove himself again. If he can stay healthy, we know he can win football games. He's, he's proven it everywhere he's been, but, uh, he's got to stay on the field. And you look at what the Raiders got next week. They're going to Buffalo. I think it's uh, arguably the toughest opening two weeks of the, of the season, going to Denver and then going to Buffalo uh, to start your season off. I mean, uh, if you come out of that trip, oh, and those two, two weeks, 0-2, oh, um, there, there's going to be a lot of, lot of uh, negativity around that organization. But uh, what a really difficult start for them. So they've, they've got to be ready to go. I expect them to go out and play well in Denver uh, week one and, and have some confidence going into Buffalo week two. I think the big question, Mark, like you said, is we know that Russell Wilson is not as bad as what we saw last year. And sure, you could put the Nathaniel. Right? But we really don't know. But, you know, from everything I've heard, you know, the practices are spirited. Uh, Sean Payton has run a whole different type of ship. And it seems like there's enthusiasm, there's energy there. And we know that there are some talent, you know, there in Denver, even though the wide receiver core looks good on paper, but it's not going to be good right away because there's so many injuries here. Honestly, what do you expect to see out of, out of Russell Wilson this year? Well, let's be a hundred percent honest here. His, his season last year was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it, it was not just a bad year. It was. A, a catastrophic season for him um, and for that organization because of how poorly he played. And it it wasn't just hey he just you know he wasn't playing that well. He was he was putrid. I mean he looked like a guy that that had no idea what he was doing out there and could not make a decision. I mean the way that he was looking around the field trying to figure out who to throw the ball to um, to me as a quarterback was was I was like how can how can this guy be a guy that accomplished all the things he did in Seattle and, and, you know, going to the pro bowl and having him putting together a hall of fame type of resume, but he gets on the field with this organization and it looks like he has no clue how to even play the game. So uh, I'm sure Sean Payton and he have spent a lot of time going over that and trying to get him back to the fundamentals sort of principles and, you know, what to be looking for with each, uh, different kind of concept versus each different kind of coverage, uh, where he's going to be making, you know, much quicker, much more decisive and much more accurate decisions. And it should show up. And you, like you said, they, they have a very talented receiving core. I really like their receivers, but with Jerry Judy with question marks and Tim Patrick now, um, you know, with, with an injury as well bumped up going into the season, um, that, that limits what's available to him. So, uh, it's going to be challenged, but he, he just, you know, Peyton's going to give him opportunities to make plays. Sean Peyton's a really good offensive mind, and he's going to have opportunities to make plays. He's just got to make decisions that are good and sound and go to the right places with the football, and the Broncos will be okay. He is Steve Berline, our quarterback, and he will be on the call with the Dolphins and the Chargers coming up uh, on Sunday. Uh, yeah, let everyone know where where where, where they can uh, hear that golden voice to so see that guy. You know, Steve Berline. Well, I- you know, CBS has kind of phased me out, unfortunately, over the last few years. But uh, I'm on I'm on Compass Media, which is uh, it's a national broadcast for the uh, yep. 
um, you know, for the for for many games each weekend, both college and pro. And this week, I got the local draw with the, the Chargers against the Dolphins, and uh, I'm excited about it. Got a great game to start the season off, and. Uh, hopefully, it'll keep my season off on a good note, too. So, no, Compass no. Media. Uh, you got it, brother. Uh, real happy for it. Outstanding. You did a lot of great stuff with them on the college side, too. So, back on the NFL side, that is great. And, uh, and, and mucho appreciado again for your participation in the Song Fest last week, my friend. Uh, right coming, now. Coming strong right. right now with Van Halen. We're going to ride that Van one Halen. out. But, you know, I mean, we're it's up for grabs. Who was the MVP of the Songfest? Do you want to make your case that you were the MVP of the Songfest show? Well, I, I can tell you this. I mean, if you're talking about a a meaningful song to an individual that was, I mean, it it withstood the test of time uh, with with my football career, and obviously it withstood the test of time in the music world as well. When you listen to that song, you if you, if you don't feel like even you, TC, can do something athletic, uh, I, I, I would be extremely surprised. So that should be enough right there. Okay, my friend. There it is. All right, well, go back and work on your DJ skills a little bit there, and maybe we'll give you the MVP. But no, seriously, <laughs> great stuff, man. Hey, uh, no, I appreciate you participating in that. A lot of fun. And uh, look forward to talking with you a lot, of course, during the course of this football season as well. And, and I'm going to be listening, man, on Sunday for you, too. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be there, man. Hey, look forward to it. Take, Take care, buddy. You got it. There he is. Steve Berline, my guy. Pride Notre Dame. Yeah, he did pick out a good one. I mean, he came strong on Thursday and yesterday with Van Halen in right now. We go from that to Johnny Guitar Watson on the other side of the hour. What you gonna do? The seven-footer's gonna join us. That and a whole lot more right here on a terrible Tuesday as football season has arrived. Just a little on your face.